Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I am one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the Bartles to his James, Michael Howard. Hmm. More of a Seagram's Breeze fan myself, mm. but... Yeah, yeah. But, but you can't spell BJ without Bartles and James. That's true. That is, I, That was their entire advertising campaign, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it was something about J's and B's. Or was can't that a different w- brand? I think it was You Can't Get Wet Without BJ's. <laughs> okay yeah yeah i get it yeah yeah Clever. hey michael how you doing buddy i'm doing pretty well how about you i'm pretty good yeah um yeah. uh, my life is slowly filling with um a lot of existential dread uh oh. for for thursday afternoon specifically um moving into the friday and saturday weekend of, of course what's happening uh, then Oh, uh, Avengers Infinity Wars coming out? Oh, okay. And all of my, my best friends are going to die? Yeah. They're going to yeah. be killed by a marauding space lord who's going to kill everyone <laughs> in the movie. You know, I don't know anything about the Infinity War story, but and and all the comic book keep, people keep telling me that everyone's going to die, but then I'm just like, but they'll just probably bring them back. Because that's how I comic mean, books work. Hasn't Superman died like four times? Superman has died a number of times. Right. One time specifically, um, like pretty bad. And <laughs> right, there he, was like a whole thing, and it says Superman's dead. Yeah, but Thanos Thanos kills half of the universe with a snap of his fingers. So a number of my good friends are going to die. And marketing would lead me to believe that since Hawkeye, the Avenger, is not on any of the the posters, they just killed Jerry Marenner. <laughs> He's just dead. Thanos actually killed Jerry Renner. In he real snapped life. his fingers so hard, Jeremy Renner just died. Oh my god! And like no one noticed until it was time to make the movie. And they were like, "Hey, we need we need Jeremy to pose for this poster." Oh no, he's That's been right. dead for forty years. Weird shit. But yeah, no, I am very nervous about all my good friends, <laughs> Spider Man, Captain I mean, they, America. I mean, we know that some of them are definitely alive still, right? I will. They have definitely confirmed a Spider-Man Homecoming, like two. So right. he's alive. He's alive for sure. Black also, Marvel spent a lot of money to <laughs> to get the rights to Spider-Man, so he's he's definitely alive. <laughs> I assume Black Panther's alive because mm-hmm. that's yeah. Because that made that movie made more money than God. So yeah, yeah that yeah. one. So even if he had died, they immediately made that unhappen. Like, oh yeah. no, sorry, we need you for seventeen more movies. Oh, this vibranium suit of his also defends against uh, reality warping gloves. Sorry, <laughs> did it. So yeah, Michael, that's me. I'm uh, I'm just visibly nervous for the culmination of like 14 years of Marvel movies that might kill a number of my good good friends. See, I my best friends, that, Chris Evans. I thought and, that you were worried because I'm coming up there on Friday. No, I'm super excited for that. Okay. I didn't know I'm if you also, were like, oh, ex- existential dread for like your liver. No, Michael, I've hung out with you before. I <laughs> I know what you will. I, this weekend is a wash for me. I like <laughs> my liver. My liver has already done the math. It's run the numbers. Hey, I'm going to lose a year and a half of my life. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. My liver is ahead of the game. He knows what's up. And that's right. fine. Sounds I'll, good. I'll, yeah. But my good friends will all be dead by the time I get there. Yeah. Tony Stork. He's going to die. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all Stony Torque. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Michael, Tory how, Smork, how, all of your t- friends, all three of them, <laughs> all of my Tony Smork uh, <laughs> anagram. Nope, Michael, what are you up to? Um, like right this minute. 
I mean, just what? How's your life? What? 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 You have any fun stories? I don't care. Just tell me about what what's happened in Michael Howard's world. Um, How do we do this podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Where do we want to start? Hmm. Do we decide that? No, we ne- we never actually talked about it. Some people I've learned when they. So I was on. Uh, so my roommate Kyle does a uh, a movie podcast called K. Have you seen? And it was on. I was on that show earlier tonight, actually. Um, and he sent me a one page outline of what the uh, what the show is going to be. Wow! Like this that's morning, and I was cool. like, "Oh, that was that's fun. What a preparation! What a, what a cool wrinkle." I mean, we we actually did that the first several. We would have like bullet points, and then we realized that all of the stuff that wasn't on the bullet points was the best part. Yeah, and also we did that for the first episode, and we still walked into a <laughs> leukemia joke. So, like, outline be damned. Our first episode was a real a real shit show. So, we really do need to remove that one and just be like, now we just started it too. Or three. I don't know. Or three or 15. I actually was re-listening to uh, episode 13, Father Ralph's Demon Emporium. It's a fucking banger of an episode. <laughs> yeah, where's the where's the like the podcast Emmys we could submit a a segment or a single or an episode, episode to? For? Yeah. yeah, you know, where's my shorty or Webby or whatever the fuck they're called? Potties. <laughs> Shit, we should just start the potties. Let's fucking start the potties. That's so hey, good. TM, that's actually TM, TM. <laughs> TM, TM. It's actually like legit a good money making scheme no that's a a great fucking idea let's start the potties (laughs) yeah tm (laughs) and yeah you you submit and you have to send us twenty dollars and we'll review it and then we'll we'll hold a uh a nice very nice gathering at like the radisson inn in in nashville yeah yeah it'll be very nice and we'll have adam pally come and present I didn't. So I I read a headline about Adam Pally. What did he do at his uh, at his show? He it was at the Shorty Awards, and he mm-hmm. was presenting an award, and it was an award for like most innovative brand on Instagram or some ridiculous shit. Sure. And he was like, "I've been in good shows, guys. Like I I think I worked really hard. I I'm legitimately successful. I think." And then he was just like, I'm I'm fucking giving an award to a brand. This is this is my life now. And he just kind of like railed on like that for 10 minutes to present this award. And then he had to present a second award. And oh, he only no. made it about two minutes into that one before some random lady came out and basically like ran through the lines real fast and then ushered him off stage. It's funny that the shorties didn't have a, a standby orchestra to start playing the like the host off of the stage. It's like you've gone too long. <laughs> yeah, it was it, clearly someone at the shorties pissed him off real bad, or he was just like realizing the Mindy show is kind of on Hulu now. Mm-hmm. No one's really watching, and Happy Endings never got the traction it deserved. And everyone, please go watch that show. Maybe he's just a little rough. You know, he's struggling. He's had a bad day. Yeah, everyone go watch that show and let's do whatever the thing they do to get like shows back on the air. We send like peanuts to them or something in the mail, I think yeah. is how that works. 
I will say, so I saw Super Troopers 2 this weekend, and I was very happy to see Damon Wayans Jr. 2, or <laughs> Damon Wayans Jr. 2, the second junior, uh, the sequel to Damon Wayans Jr. <laughs> in, the, in the movie. Way, Wayans Boogaloo? Because <laughs> he's great. He's fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, Michael, do you have a story for me? <laughs> Anything to talk about? I would say I also saw Super Troopers 2 on... That good, good day. The good day. I the saw the day, day after the good day. Mm. The good kind day. Yeah. Um, I went to see it with a friend of mine, and we may have partaken in an edible beforehand, and we're sitting at the movie, and we're just, we're, they're pretty early, so we're just watching, like, the, not the good previews, but, like, the shit movie theater previews, and... The, the 20. Yeah. The friend, friend says to me, I hate you right now and i was like why what's wrong and he's like i'm laughing at these stupid previews i don't think i'm going to be able to survive the movie that is a problem and then a wingstop ad came on that was like let's all go to the wingstop and it got darker and darker and they did it like four times and we were like y'all are seeing this right like everyone (laughs) in this theater is seeing this like this is fucking with me incredibly. It like went dark and psychedelic and like Salvador Dali-ish and shit for a Wingstop commercial. You think they made a special Wingstop commercial I for the Good Weed Day? No, it seems like it, but I don't know if it's just like a, a coincidence. I don't know. I will say, so there was one, I'm, fuck, and this is going to be not great radio because I can't remember the name of the fucking movie that it was. Uh, there. Oh, no, actually, no, fuck it. It was the fucking... Purge prequel movie that mm. they played a trailer for on Super Troopers 2, which had I been in an di- altered state of mind, it's like, okay, so we just created the Purge to hunt black people. <laughs> cool. My brain would have had a, a, a very bad time with that particular trailer. <laughs> yeah, luck. I mean, the Wingstop course, it was bad enough, but luckily it was all like, happier trailers yeah like also who's picking these tra- like I'm, I'm here to see super troopers 2 at 11 30 a.m on a saturday <laughs> i don't need the purge prequel, purge prequel. piped I, into my eye holes i haven't seen any of the purges but the purge se- prequel actually looked pretty good i'm not gonna lie i mean i kind of that's what i wanted to know when they when the first purge came out i wanted to know like what led to this and so I'm happy that they should have done this a long time ago. I'd have watched right. that. I mean, and it like it's a pretty it's not it buck wild to imagine. Yeah, it's a good cast. It looks good. It's also not buck wild to imagine that yeah, America invented the purge just so military people could hunt down black people in the streets. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they basically to and keep everyone Spoiler at Spoiler alert for the trailer. War. Yeah. Spoiler alert, because I saw the trailer, so now I know what happens in the movie. That's Everyone gets thing. stabbed. A lot of blades. <laughs> the blade is there. We should cut all of this. Michael, what are <laughs> should we, we doing? Uh, Michael, do you have a story? This is now a movie podcast where we talk about upcoming and in movies in the theater, but only ones wanna, that are bad. If you just want to dunk on trailers for 45 <laughs> minutes, I'll do that all day. So before we went to go see Super Troopers... We were like, oh, I wonder if it's actually any good. And we looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score and it was like, I was like, oh, it's not that bad. It's 43%. This was 
early in the day at lunch. And then when we actually went to go see the movie at 1045, I looked it up again and it was down to 33%. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then I saw that Super Troopers 1 only got a 36% and I was like, all right, let's roll. I mean, the, the audience score is at 72%. Well, yeah, because it's terrific. It's, it's exactly what it needed to be. It's... It's the perfect. It, the it's the same movie. <laughs> it's the same movie, just slightly better. It better production fine. quality. I will say. It w- you know what? It was fine. <laughs> I laughed enough, and that was all I wanted. Also, I did it on Movie Pass, so I didn't really pay anything. Mm. Um. Do we have any stories, though? <laughs> <laughs> Michael, I've been asking for a story for five minutes. Um. All right, well, Michael, I want to dive into a story about, so I forget exactly when it was, but a couple months ago, you and I tried to do an episode in your in your apartment. Where God, we it was about, a great one. It was a good one. It was a good one. It was basically the funniest thing that anyone has ever said. It, it really was, which is cool, but also sad because no one got to hear it. Yeah. But it was a um, an oops, all griffs um, <laughs> sort of podcast. We, yeah. We talked about someone impersonating Richard Branson and stealing like $3 million from rich people, which was great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we talked about, what else? We, there's another another heist story in there. Uh, but the biggest one was a Texas prison guard who smuggled $1.2 million worth of frozen fajitas right? yep. into and out of the Texas prison system. Which is a lot of fajitas. It's it's so been nine fajitas. years. Nine years to smuggle one point two million dollars worth of fajitas. Can you imagine spending one point two million dollars at like a Taco Bell? No, I mean it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> could you franchise your own Taco Bell for one point two million dollars? I think you get three Taco Bells. Three Taco Bells. Michael. So he, is it he the one point two million buck box? Three Taco Bells. <laughs> <laughs> and all of the Baja fucking blast you can drink. The thing is, if you got that box, it would actually only be like $300,000. Because the box is a fucking value deal. It's that's the best true. value in food. That's that for sure. True. So, Michael, we talked a little bit about this last week when we talked about our um, Deli Doogie, Dr. <laughs> Deli Doogie. Um, you get caught when you're not paying attention. Exactly. So, this gentleman, Gilberto Escamilla... He's a former detention worker in uh, Cameron County, Texas. He was caught in October 2017 when he was supposed to sign for the delivery of an 800-pound fajita delivery, but he was actually at a doctor's appointment. And that's how he got caught, which is a shame. Because he, he, he should have checked the calendar. He should have checked his Google calendar. I mean, like, illegal fajita delivery, <laughs> 8 a.m. You know, people get complacent. Like, I've been running this grift for so long, I basically am this grift now. But nine years, you said, though. Nine years he was doing this. This is the first time he's been to the doctor in nine years, and it just so happens. See, it's like like when you're waiting for a delivery, and you just, at the last second, you're like, I need to run out and get food. That's when they always show up. They give you the window, 12 hours. They show up outside of those hours, obviously, every time. So what are you going to do? So, also, apparently, the delivery of 800 pounds of fajitas, $30,000. 
And that's how he got caught when they turned that away. And so he'd been taking the meat and selling it to individual buyers that he had lined up on the side for years. Uh, so he, Michael, and I'm only bringing this up because we we talked about this very, very good grift. Um, 800 pounds care? of fajitas has got to be way more than $30,000. Apparently not. 30000 divided by 800 That's $37.5 a pound. <laughs> That's very <expensive>. <laughs> <laughs> $37.50 per pound of fajitas. No wonder, no wonder that we don't have any money. We're spending a lot of money on fajitas in the prisons. Like 10 times too much. Yeah, that's that's a whoa that inflation, man. Well, Michael, would you care to guess what kind of prison sentence this this guy got? Also, speaking of the big weed day, he was also he was sentenced on on four twenty for mm. a food crime <laughs> for a too much food crime for a too much food crime. Do you understand what kind of sentence? <laughs> sorry, what kind of message that sentence sends to everyone? Yeah. Don't don't do food crimes. Don't do food crimes because this is what happens to you on the good weed day is you get sentenced to I'm gonna guess I mean one point two million dollars is a lot, so I say like like ten to twenty. No, sir. Less? Put some put some fire sauce on that verdict. Oh no. Twenty five to life? Fifty years 50 for stealing fajitas. Years. Mm-hmm. No. Put that yep. Yeah. Put no. that in the toaster, fry it down. Now you got a Crunchwrap Supreme, my friend. <laughs> That's an absurd amount of time for stealing fajitas. Especially for like $1.2 million. Like, not to make light of what he did. Like, he definitely stole from a lot of people. But like... But Goldman Sachs stole more No than one that. went to jail for Goldman Sachs <laughs> and like, you know, Bear Stearns and none of that. No one's gone to, Wells to jail Fargo, for Wells they Fargo, like, they like basically were like opening up accounts in people's names. Equifax sunk like a hundred million people's shit into the dark web mm-hmm. didn't even get a congressional hearing <laughs> 50 years for fajitas yeah i'm gonna say this blue collar crime does not pay although you know what happens in, what they always say happens in prison is that you get all the guys with different uh experiences and and different strengths and then they build the team so that when they get out it's the perfect crime mm-hmm. so you have all this guy you have the guy in there he knows how to steal fajitas and fence fajitas. Then you got all the drug dealers in there. They know who wants the weed, where to get the weed. Mm-hmm. Now you have a business. Yeah. Right? The weed fajita business. I deliver the weed and I give them a card to say, hey, later on, if you want some fajitas, I got a so guy. It's like a supply and demand, supply and demand situation. Exactly. And it never stops. And also, I mean, like, hey... So- you got a legitimate side business there too, because like I also like fajitas and I'm not high. <laughs> I will also eat your fajitas. Yeah, so I you mean, have the I perfect cover. The fajitas. So actually, Michael, even better. So you have your Polos Hermanos <laughs> chicken restaurant <laughs> to smuggle all the money. Yep. And to feed all the people. Yep. You have the perfect front for your sweet, sweet drug and yep. food business. But you, I would say, you forget the part where we're getting the fajitas a hundred percent illegally. Mm, yeah, so we can't really cost. have a front that an illegal front for another illegal front. We need a third front. Ah, Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> this says that he spent one point two million dollars on on Taco Bell food. Yeah, just a whole lot. It's like four million quesadillas. He's a real hungry boy. Yeah, also very drunk and and high. All three. Not in Texas though. 
Thought you got me. <laughs> Didn't. I've been in Colorado this whole time. Sorry, narc. I'm actually oh, a hologram. Hey, <laughs> so who spent money on the tacos? <laughs> what do you got for me, Michael? Um. So I don't know how much you travel for work, Kish. Um. Very little. Uh, I never did it my previous job. Maybe once a year, and then my new job. I I think I might get to travel for work a good bit, All but right. I haven't done anything yet. So, do you typically like? Do you have like a company card, or do you like turn in travel expenses, or how does that work? Weirdly, they never trusted me with a company card <laughs> at my previous job, which was fun. Mm-hmm, uh, so I always mm-hmm. had to do the reimbursement. I did get to apply for a uh, corporate Amex at my newest job. Oh, right. Hasn't arrived yet, so I assume it's in the mail. So dinner's on you. Got it. Yes. Now, if you were, if you were traveling, I guess, to the moon. Yeah. Um, what kind of travel expenses would you expect to have on your moon trip that you would need reimbursement for? I do want to say that this is something that would none. I want to say none. <laughs> right. You would think so because it's your job that is effectively sending you to the moon in Mr. Buzz Aldrin's case. Yeah. Uh, He worked for NASA. Well, I guess he didn't work for NASA. What? I guess he was military. I think he but did technically work for NASA. But like they sent him to the moon on a rocket and then he came back. But apparently he turned in a travel voucher for his trip. Uh and he claimed $33.31. For for what though? Um so it looks like it was basically mileage. So maybe to drive to the to the launch pad. Okay, so he's getting uh the equivalent of you know fifty six cents to the to the mile yeah. yeah sure so I will say Michael there there's something there's a history of so you think when astronauts go into space that you know everything is provided for the, the all their travel is accounted for they you know they just get you know ferried to and for um, I will say there is one astronaut I, my first thought when you mentioned this was uh, an astronaut John Young who was in the Gemini program. He was actually the backup commander for Apollo 13, which uh, Jim Lovell took over. And this man what, also... Was that Jim Lovell? Jim Lovell. Played by... Portrayed, per, portrayed by Mr. Tom Hanks. Okay, yes. yeah, that's right. This is the wrong show. <laughs> don't don't cross-pollinate that bullshit onto this show, please. Um, but he... <laughs> Once smuggled a corned beef sandwich oh, into space. Oh shit! I did see that in 1965, <laughs> um, and did a number of fun pranks. Um, Didn't he get I, like written up for it? Oh yes, very much so. <laughs> um, but like, I feel like that's the sort of thing that someone like I bought a six dollars sandwich <laughs> to bring because. Uh, <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, I know Dippin' Dots haven't been invented yet, but they suck. Astronaut also, this- food is bad i know this so i'm bringing this corned beef sandwich yeah and i brought that from home so i'm gonna charge you for <laughs> charge, yeah. all all that beef yeah uh sorry so what i was trying to find is the the most interesting part of this uh travel voucher that he turned in was not the fact that he claimed some money for his travels it was that there's a section where it says government aircraft and automobiles used and you have to list them and he actually lists "Quote unquote government spaceship or spacecraft on under the government aircraft and automobiles use on the trip." 
So did he not get to claim the mileage for Apollo 13 from here to the moon? No, no, just because uh, he was in a government vehicle only in right. his in his personal vehicle in his personal ride okay yeah fair. Um, but he does still have to tell them what government you know properties he may have uh come in contact with while he was on his trip to the fucking moon it's weird that he felt necessary that he had to do this <laughs> i'm so curious what the paycheck for your for an astronaut was back then. I assume there might must have been some sort of like performance bonus for getting back from the GD moon. There should have been. That should have been written in the contract. If you go to the moon and step foot on it, then you get an escalator clause. You get money. Apparently even you also had to sign a custom form. Yeah, I was, say, I was about to say, even worse than having to fill out a travel voucher, all of the astronauts had to fill out customs forms on their way back because they technically left the u.s you know i'm not normally one they had to declare their moon rocks and moon dust so i've been through customs i don't love it i'm not normally one to like bemoan bureaucracy but if i was neil armstrong or buzz aldrin and or you know what lieutenant colonel michael collins and some dickhole tried to make me sign this form at a customs checkpoint I would have pun- I would have thrown a moon rock into their dick <laughs> as hard as I could. I mean, they were in Honolulu where they actually were repatriated um because of where their their craft landed. So like they were just out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, another country could have stuck some contraband up in there, you know? That's true. When you weren't looking? Uh some China submarine maybe? Sure. Yeah. All Michael, of a sudden, you, wanna... you have contraband, yeah. undeclared contraband, all up. Michael, all I'm going to derail this and just make this this into a very tilt conversation. <laughs> um, so, Buzz Aldrin tweeted a photo of their um, customs form, mm-hmm. uh, and said that they had to sign them back. It said, uh, "Moon diseases to be determined." <laughs> um, <laughs> the first comment from October second, twenty fifteen. On Buzz Aldrin's <laughs> post about bringing moon rocks back to the Earth and signing a customs form mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. quote, very cool. Why do you have comments disabled on Google Plus? <laughs> End quote. <laughs> and Buzz Aldrin's reply is, quote, at tidbit 5150. <laughs> Didn't know Google Plus comments were none. Wondered why no one ever commented there. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> that sure, Google wow. Plus was a thing. <laughs> wow. The, like, beyond everything involved in this, beyond Google Plus being an absurdity, the self-involvement that st- existed on Twitter, even back in 2015, of... Hey, why can't I talk to you on this bullshit platform? What? I'm talking to you on this one, but I want to talk to you on this other one. Not about your fucking moon rocks and your piece of literal American history that you've posted here for us to look at. P.S. Why aren't you better at this horseshit platform that no one uses? <laughs> Dude, what, what do you think? So if you're the customs officer at the Honolulu airport in Honolulu, Hawaii... And you have to, like, check these guys in. You had to have been watching TV. And they're like, hey, uh, Ernest. Looks like Ernest J. I, something. In Newsra? Yeah. 
Um, it's like, do they come through in their spacesuits, or how does this how does this work? If I were Buzz Aldrin and and Neil Armstrong and Michael Collins, I would insist on walking into this customs office like fully kitted out with the helmet on, with everything like. I'm going to fuck with as many people as possible. Like, I don't want to be doing this in the first place. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it the most absurd exercise in American history. And I'm going to make them put me through the metal detector. And then each time one thing goes off, I only remove one, one item. One piece of clothing. Yes. It is going to take four hours to get and me then, through this metal detector. And then Neil Armstrong also does the same thing. <laughs> and then Michael Collins does the same thing. Yeah, I would... I would rebel against this so hard. <laughs> <laughs> the first comment under his throwback Thursday uh, travel voucher is cheap. What would it cost today? <laughs> like, wh- what? Why? Uh, it, it's weird that Twitter interactions are the worst things on the planet. But they're also sometimes the best things. Sometimes. But most of the time, the worst things. Yeah. So, Michael, speaking of like weird military reimbursement things, I did actually just read an article the other day about um, so a German military attache was assigned to Washington and he got ordered back to the country, as uh, you know, many diplomats do. And since his family was there, he decided he would take them on the uh, long journey home from the U.S. to uh, Germany. Okay. But uh, for that long journey, he took the long way around and booked a cruise upon the Queen Mary 2, the luxury yacht liner. Oh, boy. For his and entire family. For him and his entire family. Okay. After he was ordered to relocate. And this was in 2013 from New York to Hamburg. And he just arrived. He just arrived been on because the, boat the Atlantic for five Ocean years. is. The Atlantic Ocean is. So big. Um, so the German government said, oh, cool. That's adorable. We're only going to reimburse you for the equivalent of an economy flight. So he was like, uh, no, thank you. I'm going to sue you for the full amount of my journey. Wow. And he won. No shit. I'm moving to Germany. This is the most buckle thing. So apparently a cruise for the four of them on the Queen Mary 2 cost $4,300. He got reimbursed for half of that for the economy flight, so $2,100. And the court ordered that he should be repaid for business class travel for him and his family, which would be between five and 6,000 euro, so $7,500, basically. Um, So he basically just got to take a big-ass cruise on one of the most luxurious ships on the planet. How did it only cost 4300 though? I don't know. It must have been the off-season. Can we go on a cruise? Can I go on a cruise with you on the Queen Mary 2? Yes. Is what I'm asking. From here to Germany. Or wherever. <laughs> wherever it goes. I don't care. Go wherever. It's a beautiful ship. It's a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous lady. Cutting through the waves. But, um, yeah, so... That just reminds me of like, but like, what was the like, what was the precedent or the law or whatever that they were like? Is that just kosher in Germany that you like have to pay for business class if they? So I guess that's it, which is crazy because you think about like how our military travels, and it's just like I don't know if you get a fucking on a cargo plane, you're fine. 
like good luck that's all you're gonna get well one of the craziest things we were visiting rachel's grandparents and her grandpa was in he was in the army for a long time uh and he was talking about this time when he got stationed in london and they his wife was flying over you know rachel's grandma was flying over and they he had to like pay for her to fly over and to like they had to find a place to stay and stuff because unless you were like a certain level i don't know the levels in the army but like they didn't pay for your family to relocate if you got stuck on a like an overseas base and apparently they still don't like they're just like hey you're you're now stationed in italy and if you want your wife and kids over here like or your partner and your kids, like, Tough fuck titties. you. Yeah, like, you gotta do it yourself. Like, that's so fucked up. Yeah, no, it's not great. Apparently, Germany's gotta figure it out, because, uh, again, this guy got a pretty hefty uh, relocation fee. Huh? For a assignment he knew was temporary. <laughs> and, like, kudos to this guy for, like, yeah, you know, I could fly, or I could take the most luxurious cruise on the planet and see you in a week. So... I've taken one cruise before. I was on that cruise. Right. And we were basically just in like the Caribbean area. Yeah. I don't know how I would feel about taking a cruise that actually went like all the way across the Atlantic Ocean where like you could be literally thousands of miles away from land or anything if something goes wrong. Yeah. So I will I will very much say like if I had to cross the Atlantic I would never stop thinking about the Titanic. <laughs> right. Like, that would be in the back of my mind. At Also, how is this possible? Apparently, like, tickets are on the... Never mind. Whatever. <laughs> tickets for the Queen Mary Cruise are $3,400 a person. So he was eligible for $3,400 a person total? Not just, like... To- like wow, okay. Never, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I I would always have in the back of my mind, like, yeah, I'm going to sink somewhere. Like, even if I'm, like, going by the, like, Azores, like, I'm going to hit an iceberg no matter what. And, like, so my parents took a cruise way back in the day. And, like, I think they got caught in the middle of Hurricane David. Oof. And, like, someone had to be, like, medevaced off their cruise ship. And, then like, because, like, the waves were so bad, like, everyone was getting, like, massively seasick. And, like, they barely made it back to port. Is it weird, though, that... Even hearing all of the terrible stories about cruises and like everyone getting dysentery and getting coronavirus, and I'm like, yeah, but like the buffet, the buffet and the wave pool. And then it's like we were on a shitty cruise. Oh, it was it was a very small ship. They didn't have a, even a rock wall. They had like a pool. <laughs> I love your your criteria. For- <laughs> They didn't even have a rock wall. I mean, how hard is it to have a fucking rock wall? It's a wall. Yeah, just put some some rubber molds on the outside of the ship. Let me right, climb yeah. on that bad boy. Come on. That seems like the easiest thing, like a wave pool or like a surf machine or even a pool or anything like is all, difficult. All our ship had was two pools, a running track, which our friend Amos threw up on. And like that was it. That was all that cruise ship had. In a casino that was maybe 200 square foot and full of smokers. It was very, very sad casino. Uh, but the food was amazing. Food was amazing. Mirsha, our, our, oh, yes. oh, love that guy. Our waiter, he was the best. Um, yeah, no, like I'm saying I went on a shitty cruise ship and I still had a really good time. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I can only imagine the Queen Mary 2 is probably not worth $3,500 a person, but pretty great. Especially, especially if you can put that on your travel Amex and bill it to your government. Exactly. That sounds pretty good. And if I'm taking a ship across the Atlantic, I kind of want to don't go on a discount cruise across the Atlantic. No, no like I'm not taking Carnival yeah. Transatlantic. <laughs> It's, I'll, like I'll I'll trust them to get me to the Yucatan. Yeah. That's that's fine. It's like uh, right before I got my LASIK, you know, there was all these ads for like, oh, five hundred dollars an eye for LASIK, and I was like, ooh, you know what? I'm gonna go with the um, not most expensive necessarily, but like at least upper upper quintile. It's like for the old those, eyes. Like, it's like when I see those signs stapled to like a telephone pole, <laughs> like we buy houses for cash. I'm like. I don't think you do. I think you're going to come into my house and murder me and steal my kidneys and sell those for cash. No, we're good. Which is, they buy houses for cash, but it's the cash they get from you. Selling kidneys. From the kidneys, so it's... I'm actually fine. Yeah, you got this. Yeah. Oh, Michael, you you have anything else for me tonight? Well, I mean, I have a palate cleanser, but I don't think our palates are very, uh, very dirty at this point. It's been a fairly tame episode. Uh, it doesn't need a pal- It could just be something positive, just something we like. All right. I have what, a, what, what are you? What are you feeling this week? I have a. I have a fun positive story. Great. You Hit know, we, we've been told we don't. We don't highlight the positive nature of people very often. Well, that's because people are dirty garbage rats. Well, not flea. Um, history and history would beg <laughs> to differ, but please go ahead. I I insist. <laughs> so flea the of. The I wear a sock on my penis and nothing else. Red Hot Chili Peppers bassist. Right. Flea. Did Flea do that too or is that just Anthony? No, it's Flea too. Okay. I've, cool. I've seen the MTV music videos. Cool. Um, Apparently, Flea has in his backyard about 200,000 honeybees. Seems like too much for any one man uh, named, named Flea. <laughs> Apparently, it started as a hobby, and he's just loving his little apiary, yeah. which I learned today is what you call a mm-hmm. bunch of bees. Well, beehives. Yeah, beehives, and yeah. Apiary? Apiary, yeah. That doesn't have anything to do with bees. Like a beeviary, maybe? You don't know Latin. <laughs> <laughs> don't, come, don't come at Flea with that shit. So he has three full hives in his backyard, and... The reason that he's doing this is twofold, according to Flea. In addition to his unabashed love for the insect, and apparently in uh, in some of his Instagram posts, he's written things such as, please this more beezus, and me, ab- <laughs> me about to get busy with my beautiful little bees that I love. Sure. Uh, he's also very Does concerned. Does he have a private label honey brand? No, he's very concerned about the honeybee population. Which, due well, to climate it, change, is... Well, due to a number of factors, including climate change and also chemical distribution, the honeybee population has been decimated, Michael, mm-hmm. so I appreciate Flea's efforts in conservation here. Does he have a private label honey business? He they need to doesn't. Know. What a fool. This what is, a wasted opportunity. This is an altruistic, a purely altruistic and, and uh, just for the love of the game situation here. He just loves them bees. He loves just, them. He calls, just, them, he calls them Flea's bees. Just thinking about them bees. <laughs> it says bees. Bees. <laughs> Sorry, I can't not say it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, flea. 
just took it up. He's taken it upon himself to single-handedly revive the honeybee population in Southern California. That's a noble. That's a noble goal. Mm-hmm. I don't want to derail this one because I do love them bees. I mm-hmm. love. I don't love honey, but I I enjoy honey. Did I tell you I went to high school with Anthony Kiedis's cousins? <laughs> Anthony Kiedis's cousins. Yeah, they're like some of his cousins. And did you ever get to meet Anthony Kiedis? No, and neither did they, <laughs> because because again, Michael, as you'll recall, I went to a. A very conservative yeah, Christian school. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, and this is one of the sadder stories I think I've ever heard, but also has sadder stories about my, my like upbringing. Um, apparently, Anthony Kiedis would leave tickets for his like five cousins who went to my school every time they would come to South Florida, just left them at Will Call with their names on them, and they were never allowed to go because Aww. Anthony was from the devil. That sucks so hard. It sucks really bad. I know. It's also very, very funny. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for them, if only because StubHub didn't exist and they could have made a fortune oh my on gosh. it if, they, if it did. I would just go and pick them up and then like scalp them outside. Right. You know? You got so many options. Because every, every time the Red Hot Chili Peppers would come to Orlando, they'd do a show. And they'd look over to the five seats. Where's where, where they're sitting there? And they're like, "Today is going to be the day that they're going to come." Yeah, I always felt bad. I mean, I heard that the first time I heard that story, it's like, that's one of the sad. Like, I don't even like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but it's like that's one of the saddest fucking things mm-hmm. I've ever heard. In and my then entire Anthony life. Kiedis went and cried underneath the bridge, and then the he wrote the song "Under the Bridge." Yeah, his own family did that to him, mm-hmm. which is brutal. I found it, by the way, I found a photo of, um, this is one of my favorite things of all time, um, Buzz Aldrin in front of Stonehenge, ripping his shirt open <laughs> to reveal a t-shirt that says, get your ass to Mars underneath it, to promote the effort to colonize Mars. Sure, sure. And, like, it's one of the... It speaks to me on such a visceral level. I can't. He also is wearing like five rings on his hands. It, can I one for each? Can I one for each appendage that touched the earth or touched the the moon? One for every dollar I built out of the American government. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. I just sent it to you, Michael. <laughs> I love that he's just on that. T- I love that he's on that total recall shit though. Just that's great. Get your ass to Mars, dickheads. So now I gotta to close out the show. I have a string of shower thoughts that was str- I can throw a, at you. A string, a of shower string. Thoughts. All right, what you got? Hit me. The first man to attempt a butt slap during sports was extremely bold. <laughs> I mean, was he though? <laughs> I mean, it's got to be a bold move, regardless of what the situation is. To if 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 it had never been a thing to, I don't to slap know. somebody's ass for a good play, like that is something that I don't know. Growing up, I didn't want anyone to hit me in the ass because that meant I was being whooped, right? Like I had gotten in trouble. Well, that's actually a weird. So I have a couple thoughts. I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to you, but for what you just said, Michael. So my father. Was one my primary disciplinarian? Mm-hmm. I got spanked a couple times. He was also my primary coach for basketball, baseball, soccer, literally every growing up sport. 
so I I got spanked <laughs> by my father, and then also the uh, the go get a butt smack quite a bit. Well, aloha I, I got, means hello and goodbye. So exactly. No, yeah, I'm just now realizing how conflicted I am about all of it. Um, that's why I don't but, understand. Like every kid knows that being slapped on your ass is bad but then it's also we're like yeah when you do a good job that's what we do it's like i think hey it's it's bad to get concussions in football so every time we want to celebrate let's slam our heads together slap each other in the head as hard as we can well michael i this is tough too because i think we've talked about on this show how homoerotic like baseball high school baseball team bus Mm. trips and and locker rooms are Mm -hmm. okay so we're gonna dial this back couple thousand years you've seen 300 you think they were slapping each other on the ass i mean they were they're doing that or like, like slapping oh, hey, each other speared that dude right in the dick slap your ass good job i'm just saying those guys smack some butts but did they that's what i don't know like when did this start where where did this start that it was like hey that person did a good job in I'm order sure for me was- to show them that they get a good job instead of like a a pat on the back or the shoulders or saying hey good job nah an open hand slap right on the ass here's what's happening i think i actually know this michael so i don't know i can't place it to early baseball but i'm guessing it's what it was so there are three guys one of them was about to run out on the field get some you know just like make his big introduction Uh uh two of them were just on either side, ready to like send him out, do his big old thing, that that big introduction. One of them was like, hey, bro, get out there. Slapped him on the right shoulder. Mm-hmm. He was saying on the left side, cross the body shoulder. At the same exact moment, some other dude was about to come like slap him on the shoulder and say, hey, bro, get out there. Do your thing. And then as soon as he went, oops, other dude, oh, arm in the, the way. Arm block. And he had the... Ooh, and then he just went down, get that butt out there, and slapped him right on the butt. And everyone was like, that was It was an awkward dope, moment. Actually, everyone was though. everyone felt really weird about it for a second. They were like, Yeah, giddy up out there, partner. Because they're also like, Yeah, he's just a big old horse. Is it is that there. what it is? Is it like an animal thing? Like just you slap, slap that a horse, horse on the haunches? Yeah. I think it's like, I think everyone had a like a real moment of panic when that one dude was like, oh, shoulder, oh, butts, butt slap. And then they're like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. I think that's probably it. Makes sense. Whenever you see an affectionate elderly couple in public, you always kind of assume they've been married for like 40 years. For all you know, they could have only been smashing it since last Tuesday. (laughs) I mean, that's true, though. You always were like, oh, look at that couple. Oh, they look how in love they are. But like, if you see like, some 20-year-olds, you're not like, oh, look how in love they are. You're like, that's gross, PDAs. I don't want to see that. But then you're like, yeah. actually, chances are, as old as those people are, one of them or their significant other would should be dead by now. So that's probably not grandpa. Yeah, I feel like I remember reading some like Reddit thread where someone like walked up to like an older couple and asked how they like got along so well <laughs> and, and like the woman was just like, "Oh, I cheat like crazy." <laughs> it's like that's like, yeah, they look very happy. Good for you old folks. <laughs> I feel like you just I feel like we make a lot of assumptions about old people in general, whether about like 
their fitness to do work or like how comfortable they are with technology or just that they're smashing left and right. <laughs> well, and I think it's, you know, it's kind of weird because it's like we're meant or we're kind of raised that our grandparents generation is like more conservative and like, yeah, probably by percentages they are, but there's always still going to be like not just outliers, but people on that one end of the bell curve. And so, yeah, you're like, it's always a surprise when grandma's just like. So, so I feel like we always forget that, like, especially our generation right now, like our parents were like 15 to 20 in the like 1969 era. Mm, like mm-hmm. they saw and did some shit like <laughs> and like I know, like I think all of our parents have like shifted mentalities through our lives. It's like parents hide shit for your sake when you're a young person. And once you reach a certain age, I feel like they're just like, yeah, I don't need to do that anymore. I'm just going to go back to being me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you find out who they are, it's pretty buck wild. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually heard more stories about my dad from my friends and other people than from my dad. Oh, yeah. Because he'll be like, I mean, don't tell Michael, but I did this shit when I was a kid. It's like, you're telling my friends this shit? Well, I don't even get that. So I get, so my sister lives at home and apparently like my dad will just go on random like confessionals where he'll just tell her all this shit that has happened in his life or like why he does certain things. And she doesn't share that shit with us at all. She's like this keeper of knowledge. I'm just like, I want to know every single one of his dumb stories and she doesn't tell us anything. And I hate it. <laughs> we just get these cryptic text messages about our dad being like, oh, yeah. Well, now I know why dad, like, hates clowns. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know why. But she won't tell me. Now we know why your dad did the Fred Savage incident. <laughs> My dad's life is buck wild, by the way. I know. I, I feel like your dad should write a book. That I've been telling him that for years and mostly just so I can backdoor him into writing a secret confessional of his bachelor party, but he has not yet bid on it. Well, I mean, he could re- he could add in there about the drug queen pin of South Florida, uh, that, the vanilla ice. I mean, he's got a, he's got good stories, man. The time him and five friends found a raft on the side of the Hackensack River in January and sailed it for fifteen miles. <laughs> like my dad's life is again like none of this could have happened in the eighties. Because people had standards. <laughs> it makes me glad that, like, social media wasn't around for my parents. I mean, like, no, like, literally, my dad's my dad's life would have been a Twitter nightmare. It's like five, five, eight-year-olds found floating down in the Hackensack River in January. Police, police called four miles down. F- 15 teens found fighting bows and arrows in the in the woods. Are talking about the time that I almost got kidnapped? No. So <laughs> I was wa- we were at the park down the street from my grandma's house. Uh, I was there with a friend of mine and we were playing at the park and my parents like, I don't know, they turned around for a second, whatever, like it always happens. They say that, but they probably like, I don't know. Went to go do it in the bushes or something. Who knows? Um, but they they like went to look for me and they couldn't find me anywhere. And eventually they like 
the park isn't that big. It's like around a lake and they walked like all the way around the lake and eventually saw me and me and this friend of mine were following this old dude who had a dog <laughs> and <laughs> they ran over like, and like popsicles. grabbed me and like they were like, what are you doing? And like, oh, <laughs> this guy said we could walk his dog. And they like turned around and the guy was like already he just kept walking towards like a van. So Jesus. apparently I almost got kidnapped when I was like four or five years old. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that's not on you. That's on your parents. <laughs> but hey, that also reminds me of a story when I almost got kidnapped and my sister almost got kidnapped on the same trip. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we went, we took the, so down in South Florida, there's a, a uh, rail line that runs from like West Palm Beach to Miami. Mm-hmm. We took that. It was called the Tri-Rail down to Miami. And we went to this like street festival and I got lost for about half an hour at this festival. Eventually found my parents. I think I was maybe seven. Um, and then we went back to the trial station. And when we got there, we all realized my older sister, Carrie, was not with us. Oh, but it so was like she a was, home alone situation. So she was about nine or ten. And then I just remember we all hung out at the train station for like 45 minutes until Carrie just wandered in by herself. Wait, you no one went to look for her? You just waited? I didn't think we I think we did, but like no one could find her and then Carrie just showed up. <laughs> it's a wonder we're all alive, Kush. The 80s and 90s were just the most wild time in the world. You could do anything. The 80s uh, especially were crazy cuz like you were under constant like threat of nuclear winter nuclear war like i i'm pretty sure we were still doing duck and cover drills for nuclear war like Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the early 80s well michael i think that's i think we're coming up on time you have any final stories for me i have some more shower thoughts oh hit me with let me give me a final final thought if you're aroused by dirty talk your genitals are technically voice activated Your genitals are basically Alexa. Hey, penis <laughs> or vagina. Sorry. Hey, genitals. Arouse. Hey, genitals. Play that funky music. I'm sorry. I can't find play that funky music in your ball sack. Did I tell you? Did I tell you? Got a. Uh... Kicked off the internet at University of Florida because they caught me downloading Play That Funky Music by uh, Eagle Chair. Or not Eagle Chair. <laughs> <laughs> I got caught downloading that song. Um, and they that was my, after literally three months of illegally pirated music, I got caught downloading that song. They cut me off from the internet. That song. That song. That's the one that they had tagged. They're like, mm-hmm. no one has downloaded it yet, but it's the most popular song in the world, so... Once this gets downloaded, then we know that uh, we we're going to play that funky music. White boy. White boy. Yeah. They got me. Mm-hmm. They got me really they good. Dead to rights, for sure. Why were you downloading that song? Um, Because I was, it was for a dance marathon, uh-huh, which sure. is a charity uh-huh. event. Uh-huh. I was, tr- me and our friend Christy were dressed up as the Spartan cheerleaders from mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I and do remember that. Dance. That was great. We had a whole dance routine set to play that funky music. It's one of my favorite pictures of you because you look like I'm seven yeah, years Yeah, you old. look like a baby. You're so freshly shorn. I'm a six foot three, <laughs> seven year old baby. 
is there is there a word for like omni activated sort of genital genitals? Did I just invent it? Is it just like any any one of your senses? It's just omni activated genitals, hearing, smell, whatever. Yeah, just like ah, oh, Mexican. <laughs> Do you? I mean, we talked about this before about like the fetishes and whether we have them or not. And are you ever worried that like one day you're gonna like come across a whether it's a sound or a smell or a food or something, you're just going to be like, for some reason, I feel sexually aroused now by well, this thing. Well, well, that did it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> That's the thing. Shouldn't have tried that <sighs> new thing. Or should I have? I don't know. Oh, shit. Hot curry. Oh, Boise. I wish it wasn't that one. That's a <laughs> that's a bummer. Turns out it's the sound a coconut makes when it breaks open. I don't know. <laughs> like, it could be just something it's, fucking random. And, like, you would never... Damn it. It's the sound of 12 <laughs> eggs falling off a seven-story high building. Oh, they got me. How did it... Oh, boy. Because, like, you hear about these, these fetishes sometimes, and you're like, how did you even come across that situation to know this? What's even, or it's even like, like we talked about the wedgie thing uh-huh. earlier. Like, like sorry, but like, how did you even get wedgied enough to be like, actually, this doesn't suck. I love it. What's the threshold for being like, oh, actually, this rules. Uh huh. Yeah. And like, I've never stumbled across that, and I, I feel a little bit robbed by that. It turns out that it's the exact sound that cream corn. Sounds like being put into a porcelain bowl. When you like smack yeah, it. Yeah, you like smack it times down. on the yeah. bottom of the can. Yeah. It's the sound when you hit the Heinz 57 bottle on the 57 and the ketchup Ooh. just... Yeah. Oh, hello. Oh. <laughs> but that like, the stuff we're describing is like, clo- it could be close to like a sexual sound. Like it could just be like, I really get turned on when I hear, ooga. <laughs> Every time Blue Sweet plays. <laughs> when a Makita hammer hammer drill shoots an angled nail, an inch and a half nail into a into some plywood, your boy gets pretty upset about it. I'll say that much. <laughs> it's the sound a prairie dog makes as it's being taken by a hawk. And it's like <laughs> 53 feet up in the air. And it lets out a squeal. That is the thing. That got grim. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, please us. I don't I didn't like that at all. But it's hey, the sound it's the sound that not my thing. That a Samsung Galaxy S9 makes when it's sitting on a concrete table and it vibrates a, to let me know that an Instagram post has come. It's the sound that Twitter makes when Kanye West lets everyone else on Twitter know that he appreciates <laughs> The writings and musings of a far right <laughs> shithead. <laughs> oh, oh fuck! Oh, whoops! Fuck that guy! I wish I didn't like this so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael, I think that's gonna do it for us this week on Trends in Low Places. Um, if you've liked this show. I'm sorry. This is one of our worst yet. <laughs> you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. Uh, if you want to send us a message if you want to reach out with a story or just have us read a message to a fellow listener on on air you can shoot us an email at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com and if you like this show you will almost certainly like our sister show which is called longest days of our lives which 
Michael and I and our friend and friend Curtis watch every single episode of the hit show 24. We break it down minute by minute and uh, basically just make fun of it nonstop. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I've had multiple people tell us if you've never seen the show 24, if you don't even care about Kiefer Sutherland, which I get it, <laughs> you'll still love this show. We uh, we're just we just goof on it. We make fun of it. And uh, it's really just the same kind of. Better brand of humor than this one. This was a stinker. Um, but if you, I think if you like this show, you'll like that one, even if you've never seen 24. So, Michael, how else can people help us out? Um, yeah, we're actually in day two. So, this was uh, the 24 was filmed in 2002, and we're in the 16th episode. And I think we hit the point where I saw the most outdated thing I've ever seen on, a, on this show so far. And I'm really excited about what talking is, about it. What is that? No, no, I'm saving it for oh, the show. It's, it's, That's a cliffhanger. That's a cliffhanger oh. for episode 16. Wowzer, Bowser. You'll have to watch or listen, I guess, is how you do podcasts. Um, but yes, you can find us on all of the social medias at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at TILPcast, TILPcast. Uh, please subscribe or follow. Um, you can also find us on all of your favorite podcast apps by searching Trends in Low Places. We're on all of the good ones and the bad ones and the in-between ones. So whatever you use to listen to podcasts, just search for us or for the longest days of our lives and subscribe. And if you feel so inclined and if you like this episode or you went back and listened to any of the good ones, um, please leave us a review and uh, or a comment or whatever you want to do to let people know that uh, that you like us and, and they should listen to us. Yeah. Well, Michael, do you have any uh, closing thoughts for me this week? Everything smells a little like nose. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. How would you do, do? How could you even know what your nose smells like? You can't. <laughs> I don't. I. I <laughs> I hate this so much. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, Michael, it's been lovely talking with you, buddy. I love you. I love you, too. Toodles. (laughs) (laughs) Find the lie, though. I can't. I can't do it. (laughs) 